Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South, friend of the show. And Connor, as always, appreciate you joining us, man. And we're right here on the cusp of uh, having some real college football. So it's got to be exciting for you, too. Beautiful time of year. Um, it's not my favorite time. I like it when teams actually feel like what they've been saying for eight months is sort of validated like that mid-September, late-September type of fall buzz in the air. But it is a great time of year. Football is indeed on the cut. Yeah, and it feels good to, to be able to have it. And I know uh, specifically for Arkansas, I can just speak for the fans, they're starting to get more and more excited. You know, the more that they hear about their team, the more they hear about these, hey, defensive line's looking great. And, uh, you know, they got all these great things that are happening with the team inside these practices. The energy and the excitement revs up, and I'm sure it's like that for every fan base, where every team just feels like, you know what, we could probably go 12-0 and this year. You know, It's just that time of year where you get the excitement of the hype machine really rolling in, people trying to get excited about that too. Yeah, the hype machine uh, for, for Arkansas took a while to get going. I think after last year's regular season ended, there were uh, vibes, dare I say vibes, that haven't been that low since, the um, am I, I am I even allowed to say Chad yeah. Morris on these airways? You guys can tweet that, right? Yeah, uh, we can take care of that <laughs> for me. Yeah, clean that up on the back end. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's a different sort of team right now. It's what we're expecting with Travis Williams, the addition on the defensive side of the ball, and obviously Danny, you know, somebody that we've talked about a lot this offseason and what he's going to be able to do with KJ Jefferson is one of the most interesting storylines in the SEC this year for my money. Uh, there's a lot of coordinator turnover in the SEC, and Arkansas is one of those places where you're just kind of like, man, it, it feels like it can go in a variety of ways, and it feels like they're one of those teams that are like, okay, so what if the, the Travis Williams decision works out, and what if they, they do end up getting what they thought they had at least year three of with Barry Odom, and it's defense that looks like it's in the right place at the right time that can stay healthy. Are we talking about a nine-win team? Uh, these things are are all on the table, and that's that's exciting. And that is the exciting thing when you when you kind of turn a new leaf and you make those personnel changes. Arkansas is six and six last season, and there's a lot of optimism that they'll be a better team this year. So, Connor, how do you see them going into this season? Yeah, the crystal ball says eight and four, um, and that's that's like a while to kind of settle on. I was debating whether or not it's going to be eight and four. It's going to be seven and five, and you know, I, I alluded to the, the variety of outcomes that I think this team can have and why I think that it can be a bit all over the place because when you take over a unit that was as bad as, as the Arkansas defense was last year, I think it's fair to ask those questions. You can talk about additions to the transfer portal all you want, and you can talk about all the good things the defensive line has done in preseason camp. Those are, those are great things, but until we actually see it, it's a little bit tough to say that this is a team that's going to compete for a division title. Now, I am sold, however, on Danny Enos, KJ Jefferson marriage. I, I've talked a lot about that, why I think that at this stage of his career, he is ready to take on an offense like this. And it's not to say that it's going to be better than the Kendall Bryles offense was 100% of the time. I think there are going to be some growing pains that come with it. But I, I do think that that's such a key piece of why this thing is able to go. We have questions about what it's going to look like at receiver. Uh, a lot of unproven guys, more more significant turnover at that position after there was a lot of turnover last year. But the the idea that, that KJ is going to regress in this team, I don't really buy. I think he's going to take that next step, and I think this is an 8-14. 
Yeah, and also I saw with your uh, crystal ball, you went uh, game by game, and Arkansas losing on the road to LSU, on the road to Bama, and also losing to A&M and Arlington. I don't think any Razorback fan would be really surprised by that, just knowing how tough those teams are going to be, and also the weird game in Arlington just seems like it always goes against Arkansas more often than not. But you did have Arkansas uh, going on the road, losing to Florida, which is a team they haven't played very often, and we know it's a big season for the Gators. And they're coming off the bye, and I'm just curious of uh, why do you feel like that will be something, or at least one of the four games that Arkansas will end up losing this season? I don't think Florida's going to be as bad as what 6-6 six and six would suggest. And I know there's a lot. You talk about a team with a lot of question marks. I mean, Florida is just loaded with that. There are very few areas that you could point to at that team and say, yep, they should be really good there. Running back room, great. Other than that, you're kind of like, mm, man, I don't really know what this is all going to look like. And you're kind of pinning your hopes on a 30-year-old defensive coordinator in Austin Armstrong, who was a very late addition to this Florida team. And so now, you know, the questions about the schedule are fair, but where I see it, this is a potential mismatch for Arkansas is defending Ricky Pearsall a guy who can just kind of get open all over the field. And I've, I've had to do a little bit of like a, a revisiting of his season because I remember just being so down on the Florida passing game as a whole. And then you kind of look back at the spots that he was put in, knowing the limitations of Anthony Richardson as a passer and understanding that by the end of the year, man, that group was decimated. But he has a lot of experience running around all over the field, finding ways to get open, being that over-the-top guy too that I could close my eyes and picture Arkansas having a difficult time defending him. And that's because, obviously, we saw so many different guys get loose on the back end of that Arkansas defense last year, and it's just such a struggle. Obviously, so many new pieces there, and you hope that they're going to be put in better spots. But I think that ends up making the difference. And look, it's still the swamp. I mean, that is still a difficult place to play, and not a lot of teams go in there and just pull out victories. So I do think that's a tough matchup, despite the fact that Arkansas is coming off the bye. A game that always seems to be close on Arkansas' schedule, Ole Miss, every year. And on your crystal ball prediction, you have Arkansas getting a win at Ole Miss. So what makes the difference there for Arkansas? I love Arkansas-Ole Miss. Uh, it's one of my favorite kind of under-the-radar SEC games that it's never going to get that, like, ABC love or, or anything like that. But you catch that game on, on a fall Saturday, you're not going to be disappointed. It, the three years of the Pittman-Kiffin era, I mean, they've been – really exciting, wildly entertaining games. Um, I, I think Arkansas wins that game in Oxford. And, and I, I have the Ole Miss spectrum as being all over the place. I have the beating LSU and losing to Vandy. So I have a wide variety of outcomes for Lane Kiffin, who may or may not have, but definitely did quote tweet my crystal ball with a, a, a very long list of emojis that I'm pretty sure was basically saying thank you for giving us all the fuel needed. But nonetheless, I, I think that, that Arkansas goes into that matchup feeling desperate. That's the biggest thing. Feeling desperate after getting off to a rough start in SEC play. And the biggest difference between this year's season and last year's season is Sam Pittman's going to know how to write the ship. They get off to that ONC start in SEC play this year, and they go in looking like a team possessed. And we saw how well, how well they ran the football last year. Obviously, a, a team that also has a new defensive coordinator in Pete Golding. And I think you should be able to run the football against the defense once again. So I think it should be a big day for Rocky Sanders and for K.J. Jefferson, obviously running the football as well. But I think that they're able to go in and get a, a very important early season road win. See with Connor Aguera of Saturday Down South here on Out of Bounds. And, Connor, uh, going through when you had your wins and losses, was there one particular game that was like, man, you could could have gone either way, like one that was really tough for you to 
say one way or the other for Arkansas, or were you pretty confident by each and every game going through in the track? Oh yeah, this this is going to happen. I feel good about this one. Uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State is the one that I that I struggled with a lot, and it's you know kind of teams going through some similar things right now. The two most experienced quarterbacks in the SEC, at least in terms of games against SEC competition, they're both going through pretty different, you know, pretty significant schematic changes, and everybody's going to be wondering, is Will Rogers just a byproduct of the air raid offense, or is this guy just a really good quarterback? Because there's a very good chance he's going to end this season to be the SEC ultimate leader in career passing yards, which is a crazy thought. But at the same time, there are a lot of questions about what it's going to look like in this Kevin Barbe offense that he's going to be running. And so I, I, I have Arkansas winning that football game and not feeling great about it, but I think a lot of points are going to be scored. I wonder if the biggest difference in that one is Mississippi State not necessarily having that lockdown corner, not having a guy like Emmanuel Forbes that, that can just step in there and just totally change a game for you. I, I think that Arkansas with those big-bodied receivers on the outside, Andrew Armstrong, Tyrone Broden, those guys getting single coverage and being able to take care of some of those matchups, we see the maturation of K.J. Jefferson in this offense. This is one of those games where they're like, hey, we need to throw the football to win and you end up getting a shootout, Arkansas wins 38-35. You have Arkansas for the stretch run winning five of the last seven games. So if it happens like that, then there'll be a lot of excitement from the fans. And that's something that a lot of people have looked at at the end of the schedule, thinking about that stretch run, that Arkansas could have that type of success at the end of the schedule. Here's a question I wonder about, too. If it finishes like that, and it finishes with this projection, which – you know, I, not to say I'm usually like within one or two games of this. With Arkansas last year, I missed the mark. Like I had them going nine and three in the regular season. They end up being six and six. And I guess I've always been a little bit higher on Arkansas during the Sam Pittman era. But I I do wonder if by the end of the year, if they're at a place where maybe they're getting to a Florida bowl game, not necessarily New Year's Six bowl game at eight and four, and they get that ninth win. Does Sam Pittman get an extension? Because if it goes really, really wrong, obviously the contract is favorable. It's favorable enough where if Hunter Yurchek decided that it was necessary and if this wasn't salvageable and you had a mass exodus of players, a one-way street and transfer portal, the assistant hires aren't working out, you can get out of that contract in a more favorable spot than so many other SEC teams can. But the flip side of that is if they get to nine wins, does that warrant an extension? And would they restructure that contract? That would be a really interesting late-season storyline to follow if this crystal ball plays out and they do win five of those last seven regular season games and then maybe win a Florida Bowl game as well like they did a couple years ago. Well, since, Connor, you asked that question, I'll, I'll give you at least a little bit of an answer to it. That, uh, you know, thinking about if Arkansas was to go 8-4, and four, that's 4-4 four and four in SEC play more than likely. Uh, you're talking about Sam Pittman and his four-year stretch at Arkansas winning 14 games in SEC play and when they only won 13 games total from 2012 to 2019. And so I, I look at that as almost you have to give them an extension, not just based on, oh, well, you know, you had a nine win and a six win and a nine win. It's more just about of what you've been able to do in the SEC and in an SEC play, taking Arkansas from being a team that could never even win an SEC game, barely one or two, to where consistently he's won three, four SEC games in each and every season he's been the Razorback head football coach. So that, that brings up a really interesting question because we know that Sam Pittman's representation has changed over to Jimmy Sexton, and that was a pretty well-documented thing. I still thought that was a super, super program-friendly deal 
that he signed, you know, after he obviously has the big year too. But, you know, the question then comes, okay, the incentive-based buyout, would that be something that they would take off the table? And would that be something that would be restructured if you have one of the seasons where you look like you're in position to, okay, like compete in the West for, for at least a little bit where you're spending time in the top 25, you're, you're finishing the top 25, you're getting to a four bowl game, and you feel like you're in a really good place going into this new era of college football. Everybody wants to feel like they have things figured out entering this new era of the SEC. That's the thing that I want to communicate so much because, you know, John, we talked about this. I don't think an SEC head coach gets fired at the end of this year. If you dig into some of the buyouts and you realize, like, whoa, Eli Drinkwitz is a $20 million buyout. Billy Napier would be $31 million to fire him. Jimbo Fisher, $76.8 million. Like, everybody wants to feel good and stable. And I wonder if Arkansas would buy into that if they did have that season wherein they get above that regular season over-under and they win at maybe one or two of those games that they're uh, not supposed to, at least according to the experts. You think Rocket Sanders can have similar success that he had last season? You had a list of Power 5 running backs who had 200 carries, 6 yards per carry, and 10 rushing touchdowns. He's only one of four running backs to do that from the Power 5. So you think he can have similar success this season? And he's the only one of those four that's back. I mean, B. John Robinson, Kendrick Miller, Eric Gray, those guys were studs last year. That, that's one of the things that, that I like about Rocket is that he's not just volume-based. You know, he's not, by, by any stretch of the imagination, his efficiency last year was so beneficial. And what was his first real season as like a featured back in competitive football, which is just kind of a crazy thing to think about. And Sam Pittman has talked about him putting on a little bit more weight, and he's still just, you know, he's faster than ever, which if you're not running as much up-tempo offense, yeah, you can kind of afford to add on a little bit more weight. Maybe you try and become more durable. You can take on a little bit more contact. People forget he was like 205 pounds when he showed up at Arkansas. This is a guy who has clearly been able to put on weight and keep that speed at a really high level. And so I, I do think that he's still going to be able to have an awesome year. Will it be quite as good as it was last year if the volume goes down a little bit? Probably not quite as good. But the efficiency is going to allow him to make up some of that. So I, I do think that he's going to be an extremely productive player. Would be surprised if, you know, as, as long as he stays healthy, that, that's an all-SEC type running back, of course. Um, but it's just going to be a question of what does it look like in this new offense? How dialed back are those carries? You expect maybe they're going to have more involvement from the rest of the running back room, which is still pretty deep if it can stay healthy. But he should still be a phenomenal player. Yeah, and I think that that's really the question for Sam Pittman. We've talked about the thing he shows concern with his offensive line, which is almost ironic because he's an offensive line coach considered to be the greatest offensive line coach out there. But he's expressed concerns even today at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. He says, I'm concerned with our depth at that position. It's like, you know, you can say how great KJ is or how great Rocket is and everything, but if Arkansas has a problem with an offensive line, uh, the offense won't really matter that much because you won't be able to keep – K.J. Jefferson from from getting hit and possibly getting injured, and Rocket won't be able to run. So uh, that may be the biggest concern that most Razorback fans have right now for, is this offensive line. Yeah, it's fair. And, and as good as you, you probably feel about Limmer and Latham, you kind of look around and you're like, yeah, there's a lot of inexperience there, and there's a lot of question marks. And, and that could be something where we're looking up in the middle of November and we're like, man, they're getting beat at this spot every single time. They don't necessarily have the tackles to be able to support this new offense. And we talked a lot about KJ not taking as many hits. And Man, what does it look like if they can't protect him with those edge rushers, of which there are plenty of studs in the SEC who can do that at a high level. 
So, yeah, it could absolutely be a question, especially if you're asking them to do some different things. And, you know, that that's going to be an area of need, obviously, is to find out what that depth is. But at the same time, if you were going to pick any one person in college football to coach up an offensive line with preseason questions, it's probably Sam Pittman. And if it's not, he's, he's very high on that list. So you do have the right person to be able to address some of those shortcomings. But, yeah, I think it's fair, it's fair when, when he himself is saying that, that depth is an issue and it could be something that hurts them you know, maybe down the, down the stretch at the end of the season here. Based off the crystal ball projection, how do you have Arkansas stacking up in the SEC? Uh, so 8-4 and four overall and 4-4 four and four in SEC play. The 4-4 four and four in SEC play is, is tricky because, like, I don't think there's a whole lot of separation, or at least not as much as some would like to perceive between spots like 3 through 7 in the division. And I almost, I almost include all doing there because, Let's not forget last year, LSU in the regular season finale got smashed by a team that wasn't going to a bowl game in Texas A&M who just treated that like it was their Super Bowl. So let's, let's not forget that, that LSU, a team that was division title winning, still struggled that much down the stretch. That's just kind of life in the SEC West. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're going 4-4 four and four and keeping your head above water in SEC West, in the SEC West, that's not a bad thing. You know, there, I think there are some rosters that I look at or I just don't know that that's going to be the case. Auburn has a lot of questions in year one with Hugh Freeze. The depth could be an issue despite all the things that they've done in the transfer portal. I'm not as high on Ole Miss as some are, and I think that they have a lot of questions on defense that you know we'll wait and see kind of how those are answered. And in any given week, you could just see one of those teams go down. Alabama has showed so much more weakness over the course of the last two years. Twelve of their 16 games in SEC play the last two seasons have been one-score games in the fourth quarter. So who knows how invincible everybody is in this division. But if you're sitting there at 4-4, four 8-4 and four, eight and four overall with a, a chance for a ninth win in a bowl game, you know, playing in the great state of Florida, then I think life could be a whole lot worse. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting how it plays out. Real quick, we just got about a minute with you, Connor. Uh, Vanderbilt and Hawaii, how do you feel like this one is? We got to talk SEC football, and it's the first game, week zero. Don't bet against Clark Lee. Um, <laughs> I mean, bet against him if he's like, up against Georgia or something, but um, no, week week zero, that is Clark Lee's time to shine. Uh, that team was ready to go last year. Look, don't sleep on Vandy, man. Like I, I only and I say that despite the fact that I've got Vandy winning one SEC game um, and, and beating Lane Kiffin, the aforementioned Kiffin. Um, but I still like kind of wonder what their offense is going to look like with an, from an improvement standpoint with AJ Swan and what it's going to look like. Who was a true freshman last year and showed some real promise, but. Now, Vandy, Vandy takes care of business. Hawaii is still in really, really rough shape. Like, they're going to be in rough shape for a long time. I don't know if they're ever going to bounce back from what they had to go through the last, like, year and a half. But, yeah, no, doors, doors win big, week zero. SEC gets on the board. Good to know. So, Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South joining us. As always, man, we appreciate you. You can follow him on Twitter at CJ O'Gara, as well as his stuff on SaturdayDownSouth.com. Appreciate it, my man. Uh, enjoy the final couple of weeks before college football really gets revved up, all right? Awesome. Appreciate it, guys.